Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Everybody, it is the Steve Jones Show as we start a new week here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Of course, that's where they're helping everybody now with all your latest insurance needs at purdyinsurance.com as their offices remain closed during the COVID 19 pandemic. But they always are happy to sponsor us every single Monday. And Steve will soon be joining us from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Theme of the show today, sports getting on the way to getting back to normal, I should say. We did have NASCAR get back going yeah, yesterday, Steve. And did you absolutely. watch? I watched some of it. I watched some of it. Okay. And what do you think? Um, um, it's still going around in circles. Um, <laughs> just with nobody watching it. Um, I thought it was, it was great to see something live. I, I Again, I don't like uh, how NASCAR does it. I don't like this, hey, you won stage one, hey, you won stage two. Just get in the car and drive 400 miles, will you? <laughs> yeah, those are recent changes they made. And I think I think that I think that now, if you're a NASCAR fan, please call up the show right now and tell me that no, 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 Steve, it's much better doing this, and that's fine. I mean, because you're a fan and you watch as many races as possible and so forth. I watch a few races a year. Uh, I'll watch. I will definitely. I I do watch every year the 600 in Charlotte. I watch that every year. But again, I don't like this. And stage one. Well, just get back out on the track. <laughs> Let's go here. All right? Keep going. Stop, quit stopping the race. <laughs> Let's move. 
All right, it's a race. It's not the Dar- it's not the Darlington one twenty move. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I think you'll find Steve. A lot of fans do agree with you, but I'm in the minority. I actually like it, but we don't have to get into that. Oh, I, I just. I... Take the 600. Get in the car. Go 600 miles. <laughs> Whomever gets there first wins. It's a really simple concept. <laughs> okay? Don't complicate it. Okay? But it was great to see something live. Same thing with the golf. It was a little awkward. The shots weren't, you know, the camera work wasn't what we're used to uh, because of everything. But you know what? It was at least great to have it back as Roy McElroy, Matthew Wolf. Dustin Johnson and uh, Ricky Fowler played yesterday. A skins game that ended up raising about $8.5 million for COVID-19 when it was all said and done. Between the players' donations, Johnson and McElroy won enough skins to donate $1.85 million. Uh, Fowler and Wolf uh, won enough skins to donate one point. Won five million, and then through donations during the match, they raised another five and a half million dollars, and all of that goes to um, COVID nineteen relief. Fabulous! It'll be the same thing this weekend when you've got Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. They're going to raise money for COVID-19 charities, which is tremendous. So that's what it's all about. And just just having racing back was great. Darlington, you know, uh, and the cover, I thought Fox did a great job with the coverage. Mike Joy's always good. I think Jeff Gordon is really good. Um, we had Jeff on the show, is that now two, three years ago now? I, what had happened was I emceed an event with him here at Penn State. And that's how we got him on the show. <laughs> so I said, hey, you know, he said, yeah, I'll do it with you. Like, good. Um, and Gordon's a great guy. Um, really? Uh, so it was great to have live sports back. We'll talk to Bob Nightingale at 4.35 today. We have Ben Strauss, Washington Post today on the Jordan documentary. There's a couple things I want to get into about the Jordan documentary very quickly. One is big picture. I'm going to address that at 3.35. I want to get into where sometimes some old-fashioned values need to be brought back that Jordan was a major proponent of. I want to get into that. All right. Uh, But I want to start with... um, uh, Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause is passed away in 2017 so it's been a little bit more than three years since he passed away he is the one person in this that is not interviewed where they sat down and talked to him oh by the way I want to give you the Penn I always give you the Penn State connections 
that go along. Here's a, here's a great Penn State connection from last night's show. They go into that seventh, that seven-game series with the Pacers, which was really, it was fabulous. I mean, of all the series that Bulls team played in, that Pacers series was the, like, right down to the wire series. So one down to the wire series they really played during that time. Larry Bird's the head coach. As you're looking in the background, there's a guy in the background that says a couple things to him. That is former Penn State basketball coach Dick Harder. Dick was Bird's defensive coordinator back then. Dick, of course, he was uh, actually the head coach my first full season on the radio network. I had filled in for a couple games in 81-82, then my first full season on the network, 82-83, Dick was the head coach. And I was one of those people, Dick Harder and I got along great. I'm one of those people, he didn't get along with everybody here. We all know that. But for whatever reason, he and I got along well. And over the years, if I would ever talk to him, you know what the amazing thing is, Matt? He knew everything I was doing. Well, how about that? No, Dick always did. Steve, you know, how, how are the kids doing? How's Jennifer? How's Mike? I heard you had the little boy named Dan. Like, I, I'd sit there, like, taken aback for a second that I'd answer the question. Like, he knew what was going on with me. Well, Dick went to the NBA from Penn State, and he was the first ever head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. And typical of any expansion head coach, after a year and a half, he was relieved of his duties. For some reason, some people don't seem to get the concept of an expansion team. (laughs) Okay? You have all the players nobody else wanted. (laughs) Okay? Go get them. Uh, But he was the first ever coach of the Charlotte Hornets. But he was an assistant coach with the Pistons. And you know, during when Pat Riley was with the Knicks, all those tough, hard nosed defensive Knicks teams, that's Dick Carter, side by side with Pat Riley. Well, when Larry Bird got the head coaching job with the Indiana Pacers, Dick gets that job in the Pacers sideline. That is him on the sideline next to Larry Bird when you watch the shows last night. So that's the Penn State connection. We try to give you as many as possible as we go through this. Kind of localize it. Jerry Krause. Let's let's take Jerry Krause from two points of view here. Let's start with this. One will be positive, one will be negative. The positive is this. Jerry Krause absolutely did his job as the general manager of the Chicago Bulls. He did not. He is not the one that drafted Michael Jordan. He did not. Rod Thorne did that. But after that, how those Bills Bulls team were put put together? That was Jerry Krause. He's the one that made the deal with Seattle, where Seattle drafted Scottie Pippen, and then the Bulls and Sonics swapped picks. That was Jerry Krause that did that to get Pippen to Chicago. Jerry Krause is the one that traded the very popular Charles Oakley to the Knicks for Bill Cartwright. Cartwright was a good NBA player. 
Cartwright was a great locker room presence and was really good for that team. He is the one, Jerry Krause, that got Tony Kukoc to Chicago, an important acquisition. I remember when they acquired Dennis Rodman. I said this on the show, I think, two, three weeks ago when they went to the Rodman episodes, that the day they made the deal with San Antonio, I said, I remember saying to, I said it on on the show, I said, that is a great deal for Chicago. That's exactly the kind of guy they needed. Krause made that deal. Krause gets John Paxson, good role player who can shoot. Then he transitions to Steve Kerr, good role player who can shoot. They get Luke Longley, Ron Harper. By the way, if you're watching last night, you see Ron Harper. Ron Harper plays in Coaches versus Cancer here at Penn State. He's played here so many times here in State College. And his son, Ron Harper Jr., plays for Rutgers. So his son was here back in February. And by the way, you see Trace Jackson Davis of Indiana, whom I think is a fabulous player. Uh, You saw his dad last night, too, Dale Davis uh, of Indiana. So he put that whole thing together. He's the one that put the players around Jordan, all right, and should get all the credit in the world. That's what a really great general manager does, and he did that. But now let's get to the negative. For whatever reason, he had an issue with Phil Jackson. I don't know what that issue was. And it doesn't come out in the show, in part, you know, again, Krause is not there to defend himself. This is not. But it was Krause that said that Phil should be the head coach, in part because Phil embraced the triangle offense of Tex Winter. Okay, so Doug Collins is out, Phil's in, Tex Winter, former Penn State head coach Johnny Bach are the assistant coaches. They run the triangle. They're winning. They win with it. But for whatever reason, after the '95 season, Kraus wants to replace him with Tim Floyd. What? Because obviously there is some rift between Jackson and Kraus that is not in this documentary. And you can see, look, the general manager is going to be the one that sits back and says, hey, look, uh, um, you want $5 million, we're going to pay you 3 So that's going to cause hard feelings. And Pippen had that seven-year contract where, as time went, Pippen was the sixth highest paid player on that Bulls team in 98. you know that? Well, it just They're tells you all you need to know. Right? That's because of the seven-year contract, Matt. All right? And Kraus through Jerry Reinsdorf, is not, re- is not reading. Remember, Reinsdorf's the owner. He can say we're renegotiating. They didn't do it. So the players take sides, and obviously you can tell whose side they took. It was Phil Jackson's side. They don't like Jerry Krause, but they love Phil Jackson. So they take sides. Krause doesn't win. Fair or unfair, That's you can just see it in the in the. 10 hours of documentary that that's how it lined up. But then this is where now the negative comes in. You do not start out a season 
where you've had back-to-back championships and look at the head coach and say, and then tell the media, I don't care if you go 82-0, and 0, he's not coming back. Huh? That's how you start the season? That's bad management. That's a bad move. You know what? Tim Floyd told a story. All right, Listen to this story, Matt. That when Krause was trying to lure him to be the head coach, because Krause was enamored with him, and eventually, by the way, Tim Floyd did replace Phil Jackson. Right. And Floyd told Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, according to the story, hey, look, I don't want to come into this mess. He says, why he says, you have a practice facility and you have the United Center. He says, why don't you just have one of them, probably Kraus, work in an office in the United Center and have Jackson work over at the facility? He said, just kind of keep them as separate as possible which is what they ended up doing. That's your solution? And then the next part is, why do you break this team up? They may have been a first-round elimination the next year. All right? But I'm going to get into that, and I'm going to get into load management in the next half hour which are two really important aspects. The load management part's really important. That's what I want to get into. I'm going to get to the the finish up on the Jerry Krause point, but then I want to get to the load management part, which I think is speaks to today's game and talks about the mentality of the game of 22 years ago. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. We continue to listen to the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, including the Center for Disease Control, concerning efforts to limit the spread of coronavirus. During this time, our office remains operational and available to service our current and new clients. Our employees will be available by phone at 570-286-5855, as well as email, and have access to our systems to continue to conduct business. Please know that our after-hours emergency service will continue to be available. Based on the recommendations from federal, state, and local experts, our building will be closed to the public during these extraordinary times. Our employees will be working from home to practice social distancing so we can do our part to keep our staff and community as safe and healthy as possible. Please be advised that all face-to-face meetings will be discontinued in favor of conducting business via phone or email. At this time, we ask that you be safe, be well, and be kind, and know that your Purdy Insurance team is committed to the highest levels of service and is only a phone call away. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served the valley for decades. Auto, home, life, business, bundles, whatever it may be. They've served this community, and they are so good to their customers. They do. They go the extra mile. Always. Purdy Insurance. Great people, even better professionals. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. 
go to purdyinsurance.com. We are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And you go to sunburymotors.com, Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Kia, and great pre-owned inventory. You can do the shopping from the comfort of your own home at sunburymotors.com. All right. Uh, Ben Strauss, Washington Post, next half hour on the Jordan documentary, Bob Nightingale on the Major League Baseball negotiations in the final half hour today. Great to have you with us today. So back to Jerry Cross. I went through all the positives about trades he made, moves he made to surround Michael Jordan with the best opportunity to win. And he did exactly what a general manager has to do. But for whatever reason, he had, you could just tell, the rift was between Krause and Phil Jackson. I told the, the Tim Floyd story. He's trying to hire Tim Floyd to be the head coach, and Floyd said, finally sat down with Jerry Reinsdorf and said, look, why don't you just have the two of them work in separate buildings? This isn't the ideal situation for me to walk into as a coach. And so that's what they ended up doing. And it was at Floyd's suggestion. Floyd eventually did get the job as the Bulls head coach, but it was right after Phil Jackson retired. So the negatives are quite simple. You don't go into a season and tell everybody that will listen, including the media, that if that guy goes 82-0, and he's not coming back as the head coach next year. That's how they came up with the last dance. You don't do that. And you don't go in with the idea you're going to break this whole thing up. Again, the Bulls of 98-99 may have been a first-round casualty. Too old, too tired, whatever. But here's the irony. You know what the irony is? The irony is, is that it was a lockout season. They only played 50 games in 98-99. The Spurs beat the New York Knicks in the final that year. But they only played 50 regular season games. Those players for the Bulls would have at least entered the thing, rested, and would have been in midseason form by the time they got to the playoffs. Now, somebody like Indiana may have knocked them off. Maybe the Knicks would have knocked them off. But here's my point about that. I know I've talked before about how the Patriots understand uh, shelf life of players. But let me couch that just a bit so you understand where I'm coming from with the Patriots and then relate it to the Bulls. The Patriots don't make wholesale changes. They pick spots where they just feel a player is right at the edge of, you know, they can play like Bill Walsh said to uh, Randy Cross one time. He said to Randy Cross, you've got six more years left in the league, I want, uh, you know, but you've got three great ones. Those are the three I want. Right? That's about how the Patriots look at it. All right? But they do that with a player here and a player there and a player here and a player there. Darrell Revis is near the end. Boom, okay, we're done. Uh, Nate Solder is near the end. Uh, you go to the Giants. Go ahead. Things like that. All right? But it's a player here and a player there. It's not wholesale. Well, Jerry Reinsdorf, excuse me, well, Jerry Krause, 
how much Jerry Reinsdorf's involved in this, but it seems like a lot of this, this when it comes to this, it's it is Jerry Krause wants to change the Bulls over. Which now brings me to something I've talked about many times in the show. Winning is difficult. Winning is hard. You get one champion every year. You have to have a you have to have good fortune in. You definitely have to have a lot of talent. But it's really, really difficult. And you've heard me say how many times, when you have an opportunity to go for it, you go for it. Because the opportunities are not as numerous as everybody believes. We carry the Phillies on Eagle 107. And once the Phillies get rolling again, we're going to have all those games on Eagle 107 this year. Your beloved Philadelphia Phillies began playing in, what, 1884? Does that sound right? Does that sound right, Matt? 1884, the old Phils began? Um, I think so, yeah. How many world championships? For the... Two. Two. Yeah, two, right. Two. Right. In... 136 years of baseball, the Philadelphia Phillies have won two championships. It took them till 1980 to win the first one. It's hard. So now you have Michael Jordan. He's 34 at the time at when they win the last championships. 34 years old. You still, you know, and you, he's willing to come back, but he's willing to come back if Phil Jackson comes back. If you take the 82 and 0 out of it, and you understand, look, what we're seeing is something that's incredible here. It's one of the great runs ever. And you've got people that are willing to come back. Jordan's willing to come back. Okay, you can build around him, and then you have Jordan help you and work on Pippen and work on Jackson. And you give it one more shot. Yeah, you're getting a little bit older. But you don't break the team up. You break up underachieving teams. Winning is difficult. It's hard. You take your best shot at it every year. How many times have you heard me say on the show, anytime you're out there rebuilding, it means you're not, you know, hey, we're playing for the future. That means you have no present. Well, he wanted Jackson out. Michael wasn't going to come back. He trades Pippen to Houston. Rodman, he releases, trades Kerr, start going, you know, does all this stuff where he just he breaks the team up. Jerry Krause left his job in 2003. Do you want to know the, the highest number of wins they had in any season between 1999 and 2003? 
17. During the Jordan era, they, they did a great job graphically of showing this. So I'll just repeat what was on the graphic. You know how many lottery picks that the Bulls had during the Jordan era? After they drafted Jordan, third overall. You know how many they had? None. You know how many lottery picks the Bulls have had since Jordan? Thirteen. They had that one really nice run with Tom Thibodeau, and they had Derrick Rose. But for the most part, the Bulls have been an afterthought. When you have an opportunity to go for it, you go for it because the winning is so rare. And Jerry Krause broke that rule. Broke that rule. After brilliantly surrounding Jordan with talent all those years, he brilliantly did it. He then made the big mistake. Okay. I'm going to come back, talk about load management in a moment. On News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Party Insurance. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Load management. You don't really hear this too often in the NHL, the NBA, and definitely not the NFL. But you do hear it talked about extensively in the NBA. We just ended up watching the 10-part, 10 hours worth of documentary on Michael Jordan and his career. And the um, and one thing you'll notice about Jordan and players of his time, all those players on the Dream Team, Bird, Magic, all of them, played all the time. And when you look at Jordan's career, we'll just take him as an example. Okay? But Michael Jordan in his career. Now remember, it's an 82 game season. 82 game season. Jordan. In his career, played 82, then he hurt his knee 18, then 82, 82, 81, 82, 82, 80, 78, then 17 games. That was the comeback. 82, 82, and 82 with the Chicago Bulls. Then in Washington, after a three-year retirement, he came back, played 60, had a knee problem, and then played 82 to close out his career. Load management. Really? Load management. He played almost every game. Today's NBA player, look, being a professional athlete, 
is really, really difficult. Being an athlete of any kind, college, high school, it's hard. If it was easy, everybody could do it. Just ask the guy in the corner office. So I have tremendous respect for athletes. By the time a football player gets to mid-October, early November, every single player on that team is banged up. Every one of them. You get to late January in college basketball, every player is banged up. They need cold tubs. They need massage. They may, I mean, a variety of things. And there's, you know, and there are guys who are hurt. There's a difference though between being hurt and being injured. But when it comes to load management, this is where I've got a little bit of a problem with it. Load management is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to get enough sleep. It's your responsibility to get enough rest. How many of these guys, and look, it could be a small percentage because we read about them, but we see players all the time, like, I was out till 4 in the morning. Okay, well, don't tell me that you need tonight off. You have a consumer-based business. And you have to think about it in this way. Think about that mom, dad, daughter, son that go to said arena. And look, you're one of the top 20 players in the league. There's a good chance they went to that game that night because they wanted to see you play. That's your consumer. You have a big contract. Part of the obligation is as the, you know, look, sports is an entertainment medium. I mean, sports is entertainment. It's what it is. It's entertainment. Games are on TV. You can go see it. You know, just like you can go to a concert and concerts are on TV. Sports, you can go to it or you can see it on TV. But it's still an entertainment. Still entertainment for the fans. It's competitive entertainment, but it's still entertainment. You've got to have the feeling that you owe it to that family that is going to take in one or two games a year just to see you play, to show up and play. Load management is your responsibility. Oh, and by the way, when it comes to load management, 14 of the 16 teams are eliminated from the playoffs in the first week or second week of April, which means they're not back until the end of September. How many months of load management is that? Almost every team is eliminated by Memorial Day. How much load management is that? June, July, August, good chunk of September? Sounds like pretty good load management to me. And I've talked about how LeBron has played in the Olympics over the years and, and it, you know, 10 straight Finals he played in, he played in the Olympics. He really extended himself a lot, and he plays almost every game every year. Last year he didn't. When the Lakers didn't make the playoffs, he shut it down. Um, but 
load management is the athlete's responsibility. You can preach to them all you want. Get sleep, get sleep, get sleep. Because travel-wise, travel's hard. But this is not the 1940s and 50s, or, or example, the late 30s, where you're watching Robert Redford in the national uh, in the natural traveling by train from Chicago to Boston. Okay, that's not today's NBA. Forty seat jets, all first class seats, tables to play cards, stretch out, sleep, as comfortable as comfortable gets. Your charter flights, no stops in between. Hotels you stay in, it's not the easiest staying in hotels. I got it. But the Ritz-Carlton is not out of the realm. All right? So they, at least when it comes to travel, make it as bearable as possible. There has to be a feeling that there's an obligation to you, the fan, that they show up that night and perform. Unless they are hurt, and unless they are injured, and definitely if they're injured, they shouldn't be playing. If you're injured, you can't play. But if you're hurt and you can't go, I got it. For example, Scottie Pippen last night, game six, last game. If it wasn't game six, look, you got to tell him to sit out. He's endangering himself. I mean, that guy out there running a jackhammer, out on Market Street, okay? What's his load management? And he, he doesn't have a seven-figure salary. That's reserved for the corner office guy. What's his load management? Believe me, a jackhammer is a lot harder than running up and down the court, hauling that thing around day after day after day. 252 days a year. If you're hurt, that's one thing. If you're injured, that absolutely is. All right. But there has to be more of a feeling of an obligation to that person that may only see you once or twice, and it may be the only time they get to see you in their career. That's one of the reasons why, to be honest with you, Matt. I've always been pro-DH for the National League. I've never really talked about this that often, but you're the family that goes to a Phillies game, and guess what? Bryce Harper's been out there. Look, again, 162 games is a grind and all that heat, right? To me, the DH is a way to keep a guy like Harper in the lineup without having the grind of being out there in the field. That way, that person paying still gets to see him.